Yo, welcome back. Welcome back to Bottom of the Net. Today we have something very special and um, we're all excited about. We have a new segment called Back of the Net. It's going to be about soccer and the guys you see here is going to be the team for the soccer. Oh my days. Soccer. I'm American. I apologize. But, <laughs> but um, the team we have here is Steve, Danny, Aiden, and um, uh, these guys. These are your guys. So get familiar with these faces, and I'm gonna pass it on to Steve. All right. So uh, I made sure to choose a team that kind of gets all people, all ages. So. You got myself, born in America, Portuguese family, so we're super into soccer. Danny is my little brother. Pretty much same background, but he's uh, getting a younger audience. We got my boy Aiden. He's out in Trinidad, representing. And then we got my boy Om, who is out in the UK. Um, So really quick, we're going to be talking about the World Cup. And I just want to give a quick little like intro, brief overview type of thing about like the rules of the World Cup, because I know some people might not know how you get into the World Cup, because there's only 32 teams that get into the World Cup. Obviously, there's a lot more than 32 countries in the world. So there's a whole process that happens uh, in between that. So really quick, before we get into the meat of things, the World Cup happens every four years. By the way, guys, anyone, uh, if you guys, if I miss out on something, just add that in. World Cup happens every four years in a different nation around the world. Uh, The nation is chosen by putting in a bid towards FIFA. FIFA is like the organization, like NBA, NFL. That's the organization that runs it. Uh, This year's World Cup is going to be held in Qatar. Countries from all continents are represented at the World Cup. And the countries go through qualification rounds in their respective continents to see who qualifies. Qualifiers are done in between each World Cup since it happens every four years. They have to go through the qualifiers within those four years to see to see who makes it. Um, in the group stage, in the official World Cup, which is starting tomorrow as of the time of recording, there are 32 teams. Uh, before getting into the typical knockout round tournament style, so like in NBA and NFL, you got the playoffs. Um, before getting into that, You have to qualify out of your group. In each group, there are four teams, and the top two go onto that playoff-type style rounds. Um, Each team from their respective group will face each other. A win counts as three points, a draw counts as one point, and a loss, you get nothing. Uh, Yeah, and the top two from each group pass a knockout rounds, which is uh, called the round of 16, which from that point forward, it's elimination style. I think I pretty much got everything. Anyone got anything I might have missed? Uh, One really obscure little rule. Um, If two teams in the group are evenly matched between goals scored, goals conceded, uh, points, the lot, um, it goes to a penalty shootout between those two teams. It's a really weird thing that happens and the winner gets two points. Um, that's that's yeah. It, I did not yeah, even know that one. Goes goes to a penalty <laughs> shootout. The the winner gets two points. Uh, that only it also happens if those two teams are playing each other all the way at the end of the group, which is a weird thing. Otherwise, you end up playing one more match, and it's for three points. Oh, wow. it's, a, it's a really weird. School. Fair enough. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. All right. Yeah. So now that we know what the World Cup is, 
So what we're doing today is we're going to be going through each group, uh, talking about each nation, uh, their strengths, weaknesses, just a general conversation about each nation, essentially. Uh, and then we're going to give our predictions on each group. And towards the end, we're then going to talk about who we feel is our quote-unquote dark horse, so who we feel is an underdog uh, in the tournament that has an outside chance of winning, um, and other little accolades like that, uh, which we'll talk about when we get there. So starting off, we are in Group A, which consists of Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. So... Um, Let's actually talk about the hosts, Qatar. Uh, so, really quick, I believe this is their first World Cup appearance. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, so it's their first World Cup appearance. So that already gives them, it depends how you view it. They're the hosts, so that could give them an advantage. But they also have inexperience at this top level. So it really sees, uh, it really depends on how you view it. But they do come into this in pretty good form. Uh, they beat Egypt in the Arab Cup um, to get to third place, which Egypt is a one of the top teams from Africa at the current moment. Um, and they got to third or fourth. I don't know, Danny, if you remember in the Gold Cup. Yeah, uh, Qatar's been really buddy-buddy recently with, with FIFA. Um, I mean, they were lucky enough to get the World Cup at their, their country. Um, and they also participated in a North American competition even though they're all the way in asia so um <laughs> yeah they're um yeah. yeah so yeah i think they lost i think they got third place because they lost to the u.s right from by what's a sardes in like the 89th minute so but the thing is the u.s is a good team it's a competitive team so obviously they can keep up for the most part obviously they still have some disadvantages but they could keep up uh om you got anything yeah, they um, recently, they've been through a massive cha uh, change since getting the World Cup. I think that's the biggest thing. They, they've done a thing uh, where they are finding any player overseas who have some sort of Qatari background. Um, alongside that, they've got in a manager who used to be a La Masia uh, a manager. Um, oh, wow. So he, he was in the Barth uh, Barcelona youth teams. Um, he was a coach there. So the way that Qatar um, play, they're trying to get this Spanish style going. Um, so they're doing really well. Uh, recently, they've really improved. They've won the Asia Cup last time out. They beat Japan 3-1. Um, so they're doing really well. It, it, and it's come at a good time with the World Cup now being hosted there. So whilst before, I think a lot of people thought real underdogs, probably not going to do well, bottom of the group, they've seen or shown that sort of growth that are, that are a really good time um yeah i think they'll be uh competitive uh i personally don't think they're making it out the group <laughs> uh yep. which we'll talk about that when we get to the predictions but uh they will be competitive i don't think people are going to sleep on them as much as they originally thought they do have some players like this guy akram afif who is one of their if not their key player or their striker uh, ali who is prolific for them at the international level, which one big thing that people forget a lot of the time is international level and club level. And when we're talking about clubs, guys, it's like, think about the, for NBA and NFL people, um, think about you have your respective teams, 
So you got people that play for the Lakers, you got people that play for the Suns, but they could get called up at the Olympics, for example, to play for the U.S. national team. So that's when we talk about club level, we're talking about their actual like team that they get paid for, blah, blah. And then you got the international level. Um, so club level and international level are completely different. There are teams that you might see a bunch of mediocre on the field, but at international level, they are insane and they play great. Um, so Qatar for me is definitely one of those players that I feel like no player necessarily stands out like crazy, but as a unit. they definitely as a unit. Yeah. I, th- I think we saw this. Um, a good example of this was uh, actually Trinidad and Tobago, uh, Aiden's team uh, back in 2006. Absolutely nobody thought they would qualify. Yeah. They qualified yeah. and then did yeah. actually quite well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Fuck Peter. Um, Peter. Uh, all right. So let's move on to Real quick, uh, Ecuador. Real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Do you think... With them facing a backlash of hosting it, with everything's going on, do you think that would like show to the team? Like, would that bring them down, bring the morale down for them? Right. So I, I wasn't sure if I if I if I should have mentioned that or if we could like just kept it like football. It. So yeah. So um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of a lot of the other teams are are gonna want them to do bad. Um, I feel like people are gonna want them out. Um, and that, that, that could help them. That could give them motivation. I think having the World Cup at your in your country is always going to help. Um, but I think a lot of the I think there's a lot of negative looks towards them, um, or at least the country. Maybe not so much the national team, but uh, I know people can get rowdy when it comes to the World Cup. Um, so I just hope people are at least respectful when they're there. Um, yeah. The way I look at it is I don't think they are going to actually like care too much about the football team itself. I feel like it's more political in that aspect because everybody's been talking about like the whole debate about like the World Cup even being in Qatar. But to me, I feel like it's just they're just most people are just going to focus on the football at the end of the day. Like yeah, it's yeah. really just about the tournament, the event rather than like the politi- politics of the field. So I don't. I really don't think he'll face the national team itself. Like I feel like they'll be fine. They'll play to probably the best of their ability, mm-hmm. regardless. I, I think the pressure will be there, but I think the pressure in itself is just being a, the host nation, not necessarily the political stuff that's going on behind it. I think it's very similar to a sport where a team has like a tycoon takeover, right? You have all this press that happens in the background. That team wants to sign every single player under the sun. Um, You get that negative connotation that happens. But realistically, it doesn't affect the team because the team are there to do one thing and one thing alone. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Really quick, before we move on to the next team, I just wanted to mention they are in good form going into this. They won their last four friendlies um, against Albania, uh, Panama, Honduras, Guatemala. They drew against Chile. They drew against Slovenia, beat Bulgaria, beat Egypt. These are some decent teams that have some decent players. Um, So they definitely shouldn't be taken lightly. And I think they can take advantage if some teams get a little too complacent. Um, And really, another thing I wanted to mention was the conditions, weather conditions. I don't know if you guys seen on Twitter. People for the, the English national team, 
they are dying out there. Yep. And we'll, we'll talk about them when we get there, but all of the almost the whole of the Qatari national team plays in the Qatari domestic yes. league. Yeah. Yes. So they are used to that. So while everyone is over there getting water, tired, they're going to be like, "Yo, what's good? Like, let's let's keep it going." So they they do have uh, that as an advantage. But the next team uh, that we're going to be talking about is Ecuador. I don't know, Danny. Did you want to talk about Ecuador? At all? Yeah, for sure. I, I have a lot of stuff about Ecuador. Actually, I mean, I I think we all know about the select few that are playing in Europe right now, um, especially the ones in the Prem, uh, Casado. And uh, Stupin on them doing really well um, at Brighton. Uh, but they, they have some other players playing in Europe right now. They also have uh, Palacios and Cifuentes, who just won the MLS Cup with, with LAFC. So um, they have a solid uh, defense and a solid midfield. Um, we're going to have to see if Valencia can show up and, and score goals for them. Uh, but I think it's going to be hard to score against them for sure. Um, I actually think Enter Valencia is going to have a good tournament. Um, he goes into this, uh, and the only reason I searched it up to all my FIFA viewers or FIFA <laughs> gameplay people, he recently got it in form. <laughs> uh, so I got curious, and in 11 appearances for Fenerbahce out in Turkey, uh, he has 12 goals. Wow. So, yeah, so he's scoring a goal a game, and he always performs at international level so if he's taking that club form to ecuador which this is probably one of the strongest ecuadorian teams we've seen um since they've pretty much burst into the scene whatever tournament 2014 or 2010 whichever tournament it was um they got him or i believe his name his name is from byron leverkusen good defender so yeah they're and let's not forget they finished top four to qualify in South America. So they finish over the likes of Chile, which has always been a competitive team, Peru, Colombia, which, you know, Colombia not being at this tournament in itself is like a huge thing. So to finish over teams like that uh, definitely shows that there's quality within their team. Uh, Om Aiden, anyone? Yeah, I, I think they've got a really good balance of young players and old players. So Enna Valencia, for those that uh, don't really know about him, um, played in the Premier League a couple of years ago. Uh, when I say a couple of years, I mean about 10. He's 33 now. Um, he's one of these players that sort of fell off the radar. And then as you're looking through it, you're like, he still exists. Yeah. Like, he's still a guy. So, um, yeah, like like Steven said, he's someone who's in really good form as well. Um, they've got some really good young players like um, Casado that was mentioned earlier, playing for Brighton, sort of almost came out of nowhere. Really, yeah. really good purchase by them. So really good mix of youth and, and age. And I think that shows in how they play as well. So they've got what we call like a variable press. You get some teams that, that like, like to push onto the teams like really quickly, really fast. These aren't one of them, and they're quite a direct team, so you, you won't see like these short, intricate passes. You'll see them play quite long, and I think that's because of the team that they have. They've got some good pace and some really good young midfielders that can that can vary it up. So they're a team to watch out for. Yeah, and they have a lot of players in Europe. Let's also Plata, yeah. who plays out in La Liga, one of yeah. their wingers as well. That's another one. Um, so these are again, uh, which I see. I think we're going to see a lot more, and has been. A lot more common recently is that a lot of uh, these countries, when we get to the U.S., Danny will talk about that as well. 
there's a lot of, of these obscure countries that are getting a lot of talent out in Europe now. And for those of you that don't know, Europe is probably the best place to play football or to play soccer. Um, uh, the leagues over there are just so much more competitive compared to the MLS. Even though the MLS is growing, uh, it just over there it's just still miles uh, better. Uh, one concern that I do have for Ecuador is that they've been, uh, even though they do have the capability of scoring, they have been goal shy recently. Uh, they haven't scored in their last three friendlies. And then they only beat Cap Verde. Sorry, that's like a Portuguese thing. Uh, but they only beat them 1-0. So, like, that's not even... That's not... You know, Cap Verde aren't really the best of teams. So, uh, if they do bring that form into this tournament, then they'll they'll struggle. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to move on to... Senegal next and Aiden I don't know do you want to just introduce Senegal talk about it a little bit um Senegal they are a good team they have a lot of players out in Europe right now all over the place they have the likes of Issa playing for Watford in the second division just got relegated um of England you also have players like Idrissa Ghana Gay very prolific, been around for a while, good central um, defender. And then you have like the big boys at the back Edward, Mendy, Kalidou, Koulibaly <clears throat> playing for Chelsea right now. Those are probably like their main players because they're literally just insane right now, in great form, and are probably going to be like the main p- people for the team, you know? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Mane is injured, Sadio Mane. Uh, that's probably their biggest player ever to come out of there. He plays for Bayern Munich, is having an insane season for Bayern Munich. Um, Bayern Munich is one of the top five teams right now in Europe. So uh, that's definitely going to be a big miss for them. There there was a lot of uh, talk about if he would be fit in time. Um, And unfortunately, I think the news came out yesterday or two days ago saying that he will not be there. Um, um, you got anything on them? Uh, yeah, I think um, they've got a good, solid squad. Um, so whilst they've they've lost their best player, um, and I'm talking literally one, probably one of the best players in the on the planet. Right. Um, they still won um the African Cup of Nations, right? Um, so or the African Cup. So there's still a very, very good squad by beating Egypt in the final, I believe it was, mm-hmm. um, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. But they've got yeah. again really good players like like uh, was mentioned previously. They've got Edward Mendy in goal, again, another player who plays for Chelsea. That's essentially like I don't know, um like LA Lakers, I, I wanna say Chelsea <laughs> are like yeah. buying yeah. really good players constantly. Yeah. That's how I see it being from the UK. Um so that's They've got a really, really good squad. A good player to watch out for. They've got a guy called uh, Balotore. He's a left back, right? What you'll see is you'll see him push up along along the left wing a lot. Uh, really, really good left back. Like out of all the top squads, um, he's probably one of the best left backs that's not spoke about a lot. So watch him. He's a big, big part of uh, their attack. And what you'll see is you'll see like Idrissa Gay, who's a who's a ball winner, like sort of fill into his position at left wing. 
uh, at left back, sorry, and then you'll sort of see this four in attack. Really good squad. They're fun to watch uh, going forward. So uh, another thing, I feel like these African teams have got that advantage of the heat as well. Um, African teams, sure. South American teams. I think that's the one thing we've got to remember. I think we're going to see these teams that not really are spoken about actually do quite well because they'll adapt to the conditions so much easier. Uh, so yeah, I agree. Um, and then finally, we'll try to keep it short and simple because I feel like they might be everyone's favorite to win the group, and we have a lot of teams to to talk about. Netherlands. Um, Netherlands are Netherlands. End of the day, they've had a couple shaky tournaments recently uh being left out of what was it, the euros or the world cup yeah. um you know they they had a huge transition period but uh van gal is back as their manager which i did not know which explains their recent form they have a lot of young guys coming through the ranks now mixed with a bit of experience gakpo that everyone's talking about everyone wants he plays for psv out of netherlands but every big team in europe wants him he has 26 goal contributions and 18 appearances that's nuts. That is absolute from the wing. He's Ivan Schreiger. That is nuts. Um, that's like Ronaldo Messi type numbers. This like obviously it's the end of the Vise, mm-hmm. so you know we can't use that. But those that's the type of numbers he's pushing. But mm-hmm. he performs at national level from what I've seen as well. And it's weird because I, I was paying attention. He kind of plays as like a cam in their system. I don't know if Van Gaal is going to play that type of system at the World Cup. But he plays behind the two strikers. He doesn't play out on the wing uh, because Van Gaal pre- uh, prefers, I'm pretty sure it's like a five-bag variation. So he keeps Gakpo uh, as that cam, and he plays, uh, yeah, he plays really well. Um, yeah, anyone want some quick yeah. thoughts? Just quick, quick. I've watched a couple of their last last games uh, very quickly. Uh, they So the way Gakpo, he's one of my players to watch for this team. I know it's a little bit early, uh, but I'm going to throw it out there right now. Same, uh, but one of the same. things he does, so they play a three-back, three, three centre-backs. Um, they've got a player who plays for Man City and Liverpool, two of the best teams on the planet, uh, in Ake and Van Dijk as well, two really, really good centre-backs. Uh, but what you'll see Gakpo do, uh, this is one of the really nice things. So he'll start off in strike with Memphis Depay. Uh, and what you'll see is you'll see Gakpo sort of drop back and then you'll see they've got a winger called Bergewijn who plays for, uh, I don't know if he still plays for Tottenham. He might Ajax. have left. No. Ajax. Yeah, Ajax. Ajax. No, he plays no, Ajax no. now, yeah. And what you'll see is you'll see Bergewijn just sort of come into that second sort of striker role with Gakpo. Really, really good attacking lineup. So, yeah, good team to watch if if you're interested mm-hmm. in, in a fun game of football. Um, yeah, they're, they're a good team to watch. Or no. soccer, I should say soccer. Uh, how do we <laughs> no, talk about... Or we talk about Netherlands without mentioning Frankie De Jong. Frankie De Jong, yeah. Uh, he is, he, he's been in a lot better form. As you can see, I'm a Barca fan, so I, I can speak about this confidently. But he he had a rough start to the season, wasn't starting games consistently because Xavi chose Gavi over him, which at the time made sense. Like, I don't discredit it, but coming down recently because of the drop-off of Busquets reaching like the end of his career. He's been picking back up form, and I think if he carries that form to the World Cup, which he's been on recently, he'll be insane. Because he's been so good like at just ball-carrying, picking up the ball in those half-spaces, and just pushing up the field, distributing it to the wingers or the strikers. I, he, it's just so good. He's so good. What I'm right. noticing is that in Group A, it's, every team there has a solid defense. And I'm yeah. I'm wondering um, if it's going to be entertaining. I I'm hoping it's not going to be stalemate games. But I'm looking at Senegal. It 
it's going to be hard to score against them. Ecuador, a lot of the key players we mentioned are defenders or midfielders who can defend. Netherlands, they have the best defender in the world. So I'm hoping that all of these teams can find their attacking players and have them perform because I feel like we all know that their defense is going to be solid. So, yeah. All right. Now, really quick, because we got to move on. Who do you think is making it out the group? My pick is Netherlands, top of the group. And I actually have Ecuador second. I don't think Senegal's making wow. it out. After the injury to Sadio Mane. Really? I I have a, a inkling of Ecuador getting through second place. Yeah. How about you guys? Just really quick. I, I'll say Netherlands, Ecuador. Not Ecuador. Um, Senegal. And I feel like Senegal seems just too stacked. Like, without Mane, like, I feel like it's still a proper team. And, like, I feel like you could just tell that the team plays as a team rather than, like, just focus on Mane. Right. Obviously, it's a big miss, but at the end of the day, I still feel like they'll, they'll be fine. Mm. And, uh, Danny, um, you guys, pretty much same thing. Agri- agree with either one of ours, or do you think... Or do you think Qatar is making it through or Netherlands isn't, isn't making it through? <laughs> no, it, I think it's a split up between Senegal and Ecuador for second. But um, like I said, I, all the teams there have are, are going to be good defensively. So it, it's really about whether the Senegal forwards or Ecuador forwards show up. For me, um, there's a big boots to fill at Senegal. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go Senegal, though. I'm going to go Senegal, though. I think Ecuador is going to make the games entertaining, but I don't know if they'll go through. I think Ecuador will finish bottom of the group. Wow. Okay. Fair. Um, Easy. I, yeah. I have a, a feeling that I think with with the opening game, Qatar hosting, I think they'll win that first game. I reckon it's not going to be... It's going to be a close game. It's going to be 1-0. Um, but it, it depends. I think... I think if if Qatar can get a good win, right, you'll see them play really well against the bigger teams. Where if they lose, they will go into a shell, right? But I, uh, my top two is going to be Senegal and it's going to be Netherlands. Um, be- Netherlands being top. Before we Sen- move on, oh, are you done? Sorry. No, go on, go go. Uh, yeah. Before we move on, I just want to quickly say that there's been rumors about potential match fixing between Qatar and Ecuador and people are suggesting that there've been like there's like seven million some players on Ecuador to throw the game for them <coughs> sorry for them to lose one nil. That's gonna be crazy if that actually happens. Because the whole world's just gonna look at that game and be like something's up if it really happens. Yeah. But I don't uh, something tells me that it won't though. I don't yeah. know. I've heard a lot about it but I don't yeah, okay. yeah. So group B again. We got to get through these because there's a lot of groups. Um, there is England, Iran, USA, Wales, uh, England. Uh, I know it makes sense to start with Ong, but I'm actually going to have Aiden talk about England. <laughs> <laughs> so Which Aiden, is very valid because England were my team for the um, Euro 2020 last year. Um, <laughs> England have a very interesting. They have a very good squad. That's what I want to start with. They, Obviously, one of the, the home of football, people like to call it. Um, very young squad, a lot of upcoming players. I, I feel like the core group that they have right now is like a group that like 
it's the best thing you could wish for in a national team where everyone is like growing at the same time and like they're just all gonna develop into a solid squad once they keep it up made it to the final of the euros um my thing with england though i don't like their coach Gareth Southgate. i feel like he the style of play the uh it's i feel like he's just wasted so much potential like you have players like foden rashford Saka, sterling like those are players that you want to just be using to attack and it's just so defensive minded i i don't know that, that that's just my opinion though but i do expect them to do well so yeah um what's it called Harry Kane does go into this in good form. I think he, mm-hmm. uh, all we were talking about this before. I believe he's second top goal scorer in the yeah. Premier League right now uh, with 12 goals and 15 appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aiden did mention Foden, Saka. We got these young, tricky uh, youngsters that they, they just, they can play anywhere along the pitch. You'll see them often interchange, I feel like, uh, because they can so often. Maybe Saka might stay on the right a little more, but you'll see Foden tend to go to the middle and then go out wide. You'll see him mm-hmm. floating around, which will uh, mess around uh, with them. And they're unbeaten in qualifiers to qualify oh, for the World Cup. They were unbeaten. Um, but there's just that inconsistency of England at major tournaments and their current form have been a little shaky uh, um, as the English representative. <laughs> I think shaky is an understatement. Um oof. Driven lost against two teams in Hungary and Poland uh, that we really should have beat. Uh, Eng- England's issue. Okay, so so let's get this straight up, right? If you guys are watching the World Cup for the first time and you think, oh, let's watch England, right? Premier League's there. England's a really good team to watch. Don't do it, right? You're making a mistake. Let me just say this right now. England are the most boring team to watch on this literally, planet. Literally, literally. They, they do something called a mid-block, right? So all they try and do is, is block out the middle of the pitch, hold possession. If you have the ball, the opposition obviously can't score. The issue is that you go for, they go for a 1-0 and then they'll just sit back. So you'll see them get the first goal. If it's early, just just watch something else. Go do something else because <laughs> England will sit there for the for the rest of the tournament, right? Trying to just hold the ball. Um, it's really boring. Uh, there's been some controversial call-ups in Harry Maguire. Some mm-hmm. players who haven't been in form um, have <clears throat> hardly played for their club teams and still getting an international call-up. It's interesting to say the least we've seen the Southgate when he first took over was like I'm not gonna this big thing was I'm not gonna pick players based on their reputation going into this tournament we've seen players get picked based on their reputation <laughs> yeah so literally, literally. This, and and I was saying to the guys right I'm not seeing the hype for the World Cup like I normally am and it's because I think it's quite sad but the entire nation just doesn't I, they don't see the team actually progressing. And I think that's the sad thing where, you know, normally we're singing, it's coming home. We've got songs for days about trying to win tournaments and bring some glory back. Uh, unfortunately, I think our team is just too boring. It, it's just so slow. It's unbelievable. We've got some fantastic players. One to look out for is Jude Bellingham, who plays for Borussia mm. Dortmund. He's lined yeah. up with some really big moves to the Premier League coming back. And nah. the issue is that he's a player that when he gets forward, he's fun to watch. He's one of these, he's a ball carrier. He just sort of mesmerizes you with his dribbles, but he's a really good ball winner. But what you're going to see for England is you'll just see him hold. You won't see him be able to explore. It's a very rigid format. 
So that's going to be the downfall for England. I think they'll qualify out of the group, but it, yeah. it's not going to be fun. To see people like Fakayo Tomori get completely ignored oh, um, no. when you just oh. won this, you just won the Serie A for AC Milan. They haven't won the Serie A in years because Juventus has been dominating that, and you get you you don't get the call up is absolutely ridiculous. But Harry Maguire, who's probably made two appearances uh, all season so far, gets the call yep. up. That's um, it. Uh, yeah, like so, you've got. You've got really good players who can go out and attack, have fun. You know, you've got really good centre backs in in John Stones who plays for Man City, which is probably one of the best teams in the world at the moment. Uh, and then you know Tomori who who plays for AC Milan and just won the league, um, but doesn't get a call up over someone who's sitting on the bench. Yes, I, I genuinely believe that some players have an impact. They have this drive where you know, you're a leader, you're a natural leader. It doesn't matter how you're playing or where you're playing. If you're not playing or playing, you still get called up because of that. But I think in, in Maguire's case, we've just seen he's made mistake after mistake after mistake. And it just seems like he, instead of, oh, World Cup's around the corner, we need to improve. You've just seen him fall and then he gets called up. So whilst being an inspirational player, yeah. All right. Cool. So, I understand it. Um, yeah, we do got to pick up the pace a little bit. Wait, so one thing, one more thing though. Hold on, one more thing. Their their best player is John Grealish. All right, continue. I'm gonna leave that. Hundred mil flop, but that's behind. That's besides the point. Hundred mil yeah. flop. Anyway, um, <laughs> so moving on really quick because we we do have to pick up the pace. We we yeah. so USA, Danny. Let me hear it. Let's let's leave this yeah. to Danny. U- to US is a big one. Uh, I think a lot. Uh, a lot of eyes are on the U.S. right now. Um, it's a golden youth era. Um, but to be honest, it's not what we need for our squad, I feel like. We we have the youth, but I think we need core players who are experienced. So what Berhalter's doing is he wants to play a, a team that plays from the back. We saw that against all the games against Mexico, which we won, and it's worked. But then calls up people, our defenders, that do not usually play the ball at the back for their club. Like Zimmerman playing at, at at Nashville, he's a great defender. When there's John Anthony Brooks, who's, I mean, given he's been he's been iffy, but he has European experience and plays at a team currently that plays from the back um, and is comfortable with passing the ball in the back. Um, but yeah, the youth players is what everybody's excited about. Pulisic, McKennie, Dest, uh Ricardo Pepe did not get called up. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that. But yeah, the 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 youth squad is what everybody's excited about, the young, hungry team. Um, but whether or not they can perform at the World Cup, I don't know. Um, whether they have a consistent goal scorer, I don't know. Um, I think it'll be a fun team to watch, but I, I'm not sure if they'll get performances and points out or not. Um. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, they, I think Pulisic needs to turn up. He's been out of form a little bit recently for Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, it's all about form. Let's see if they bring it. Uh, I'm going to really quickly uh, talk about Iran and Wales super quick. We're going to talk about our two, our prediction super quick and then move on. So Iran, I did a bit of research on them. They only conceded two goals the last World Cup, which could, was, was a group that considered of Portugal, um, Ghana, I believe it was, and I forget who the third 
team was. So they're very unlucky to not have gone through. I think the main reason they did not go through is because Portugal equalized from a Kuresma, uh Trivella goal uh, from outside the box. Uh, literally the only reason. They have a Portuguese manager there, Carlos Queiroz. He was the previous um, Portuguese uh, Portuguese national team manager. So he knows how to run a team. He's gotten teams to the World Cup multiple times. So he knows how to make them work as a unit. They have players like Taremi, who have been going crazy for Porto in the Champions League and in the Portuguese Domestic League. Um, they do have a bit of a lack of top league performers, which is where we might see the discrepancy between some of the other teams, um, overall at least. Uh, but they have a good core, good manager, and good experience. So it'll be interesting to watch them. And then really quick, Wales. Uh, again, Bale is getting to the tail end of his career, but they have people like Brennan Johnson, Kiefer Moore, who's doing decent for Bournemouth, uh, Nico Williams, Dan James, whose pace is absolutely insane. So they have these players that, you know, even though Bale is and Ramsey are still that experienced, uh, those experienced players in the team, they have a good core now, I feel like, uh, or a core that's playing a bit more Premier League football that are playing at a top level. Uh, whether they're going to be able to play together as a unit or not, we'll see. Uh, but they do put everything on the line. Bale, at the end of the day, we saw with the MLS final, he hasn't been performing, but he's still that player that makes magic and makes something out of nothing. Um, so you can't you can't um, ignore that. Yeah, you can't ignore that. So really quick, our predictions. No, no explanations. <clears throat> I for me, I have England and Iran going through. I got, actually, I got England and Wales. England and Wales. Interesting. How about you guys? Really quick, no explanation. Just send it. England, America. Okay. Danny. England, England, USA. And all. USA, Wales. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Very nah, interesting. He's, you're bugging. Wow. Interesting. You <laughs> said no explanation. Yeah, no explanation. Wait, wait. All right. All all right. right. Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Again, we're going to try to just uh, pick up the pace. Argentina, Aiden, really quick, come on, Messi fan, let's go. Lionel Messi is carrying this team to the <laughs> final. They're gonna win. But I'll just quickly say, Argentina's always been a team that has struggled as a core, and recently you see that with the the Copa America, uh, their recent Copa America win, and how they've been playing. They have been undefeated for. I can't remember how long it is, but they're basically on a run right now. And I don't see that stopping right now. Messi's in great form. The the team is playing like a team. Their coaches knows could you could see that they have an objective and the players are achieving what he wants. Like it's it's honestly probably like the most entertaining national side right now for me personally that I would say like to watch. Like if you want to watch a game and enjoy it, watch Argentina because it is gonna be fun. But the goat is there. He's this is his tournament. This all he's ever talked about wanting, and I feel like he's on a mission this year. And if there's any chance that they're gonna make it, it's gonna be this year. And they have a good core of players. They really do. Mm-hmm. They, and they won the Copa America 2021. This is Messi's last hurrah at the international level. I feel like. So mm-hmm. let's see how that goes. Poland. I'm gonna talk about Poland really quick. They had a good qualification. They beat Ukraine in the playoffs, I believe it was. So. um and through qualifications, some teams go through a playoff round because there's just so many teams. 
So they beat Ukraine in playoffs, and they have Lewandowski, who's best striker in the world, if not, or at least mm-hmm. has been for the last five, six years. Uh, Holland is, is Holland is, is yeah, yeah, he's chasing him, but Lewandowski is, is 30-something, 33 to 35. Oh, and Benzema, yeah. I mean, you're <laughs> fair enough. But uh, Poland have Zielinski playing for Napoli, who are top of Serie A. Uh, and they have a couple, they have a youngster called Zaluski, which I've been seeing everywhere, which is a, a young player f- to look out for. They have a solid core, they're energetic, um, but what, what I did find out is that they have a new head coach who's still trying to figure out a system hmm. for them, um, which could, it could work, or it could go terribly wrong, I feel like. Um, um, Saudi Arabia, how are you feeling? Good team. Um they're one of the. Uh, they've got the advantage that they are almost a host nation in the sense that they are neighbors of Qatar. They understand the football. They're gonna play. They have a. They've put a lot of money into their leagues mm-hmm. since um, the new sheikh took over a couple of years ago. There's been a lot of reform in Saudi, and you've seen that in the sports as well as the the politics internal in the country. They've really progressed. Um, so good team, and I think they'll actually do quite well. And Danny, Mexico. Yeah, um, I think Mexico are in a in a in a dry phase right now. Um, I don't. I'm. They haven't won anything in well throughout throughout the COVID area from 2019 to now. Um, no tournament wins, which is crazy for them because they have been the consistent kings of North America. So um, yeah, uh, a dry period for them. But one thing I can say is that they're still in the World Cup, and every time they go to the World Cup. They always perform better than usual, and I don't know what it is about the World Cup, but every time they're there, they put on a show. So I, I feel like they'll put on a show, but whether or not they'll go far, um, I'm not sure. I, I, I doubt it, but they'll be a fun team to watch at the very least. They always have the passion. So, um, so really quick before we give our predictions, I they they have been struggling with injuries. Um, uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? Jesus Corona, out. Uh, and a couple of others. I think Jimenez might be injured. Um, so there's a couple people that are injured. Uh, and they I've watched them recently, and there's just like a lack of flair with them. They just, again, maybe in the World Cup they'll turn up. I believe they've made it to the round of 16 each of the last five or four World Cups they've been in. So they get out the group stage every single time. Um, so, again, we might see a turn in form. Who knows? Uh, I have Argentina and Poland making it out, though. Same. Same. How are you, um? Argentina, Mexico. Um, just a very, very, very quick thing. We've got yeah. to also remember that the next host nations are going to be North America, which is Mexico, the US, and also Canada. I think you're going to see these three teams actually do quite well, purely because they're going to be the next host nations. Fair enough. All right, mm-hmm. Group D. France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. Um, I'm a. I'm gonna start off. Actually, um, you can start off with Denmark really quick. Oh my god, what a team! Um, yeah. Really, really weird, right? They've got some fantastic players in there. They've got Damsgaard. They've got um, some young, fun players. They're one of these teams, right? They're one of these nations that won't do well, right? But. They've got Christian Eriksen, who had a heart attack on the pitch and came back to play football. Like, if this nation doesn't do well because of this, 
it's the end. That's it. We're done. Like, he's, he's one of these... To see a player literally die, right? And come back, get released from a top team, have a chance with a smaller team, and then end up playing top-tier football again with Manchester United... He's he's one of these players that is just going to spur the team on. They've also got Kasper Schumacher, who used to be um, my team, Leicester City, used to be our goalkeeper, absolute leader on the pitch. They've got some really good defenders, really good midfielders, uh, and half-decent strikers. So expect Denmark to do well. Um, and I'm going to run through this group pretty quick because pretty much it's pretty straightforward, guys. I hope yeah. that's okay. Uh, really quick, also with Denmark, they beat Fran- France the last two times they've played each other, by the way. Yep. Um, so that's huge. They have a solid core. Hoiberg is in form for Spurs, even though Spurs aren't really... They're a bit inconsistent. Hoiberg has been playing amazing. And they're always like a dark horse, I feel like. But I feel like that pressure might get to them just a tiny bit. Uh, But we'll see. We have France. There's no introduction needed. Former World Cup winners. You got Mbappe. There's a lot of injuries going on uh, at that club. But but it's France at the end of the day. Um, They do have a young midfield Coming in, Pogba and Conte are out. So I do think there's going to be some youngsters, Kamavinga, Chuameni coming in. Um, and to be honest, I think they're going to do pretty well. Uh, overall, though, they did have a poor Nations League. So, And like I said, they lost to Denmark, who's in their group their last two times of meeting, which was pretty recent. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. Um, Tunisia, this is another World Cup for them. They have a couple people playing out in the Bundesliga. They have a youngster, which I didn't even know he switched to the Tunisian national team. He, he was French before. Hannibal, who was from Man United's ranks, um, he's now got called up for the Tunisian national team. Uh, so they have a good unit. They're creative. Overall ability, we'll see. Um, just because a lot of they just, they don't have a lot of players playing at top levels. Um, as far as the big five go, when I talk about the big five, by the way, guys, it's England, Germany, Spain, France. Uh, what am I missing? England, Spain, Germany, Italy. France, Italy. Those are the top five leagues. Um, they don't have a lot of people playing in those leagues. And uh, again, we have Australia, who barely made it in. Um, uh, let's, uh, yeah, Australia, who are basically FC Scotland. Um, yeah. Literally... Their, almost their entire starting lineup either is Scottish or plays <laughs> in Scotland. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, actually, there's a guy I know personally um, who you, I used to play COD with, um, Ali Suta. His cousin um, plays, one of them plays for Scotland and the other one actually plays for Australia. Oh, wow. The Sutar guys. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, Interesting. Yes, yes. Um, and then I have Denmark finishing top of the group, actually. And I have France second. How about you guys, really quick? Yeah. I, I have France. It's, interchange- it's interchangeable, but it's France and Denmark going to the next round for sure, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 This is. I think this is one of the most easiest groups to call. Yeah. yeah for sure. Bobby Cosby's um, going to uh, Cruyff turn on, on the France defense and score a last-minute winner, I'm sure. Um, and now we have Group E. Uh, this I'm probably we're probably gonna uh, speed through this one so we could talk about the last couple of groups a little more in depth, guys. So we have Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. Uh, Aiden, talk about Spain real quick. I was waiting. Um, Spain, bro. People sleep on Spain, but I feel like they have such a good team. Their coach Lucho Enrique, Luis Enrique, he's 
he was a Barca manager, so I'm obviously biased. I mean, I'm biased anyway because half the team is from Barca. But like he he's such a good coach, and I feel like the way he play, like he makes his teams play, is perfect for international level because that, you saw that when Barca won the treble in 2015, yeah, in 2015, and. I don't know, the, the, the core group of players that they have right now, another team with a bunch of young upcoming players. You have Ansu, Ferran Torres, Pedri, Gavi, um, literally, like, just the whole lot of them. Alex Ball, they just got called up because Jose Gaia is no longer yeah, in, the, um, saw that. Yeah. in the in the squad. Like, I, I really think that Spain are going to go far this World Cup. Um, they had a good Euro last year. If it wasn't for, like, I don't know, they, they were just missing, like, that oomph. And I feel like with Ansu coming back now into the team, he's going to be... Hi, um, go on. <laughs> One quick fact. Spain are the only team to win a World Cup outside of Europe. Oh, the only wow, European okay. team to win a World Cup outside of Europe. That was in 2010. Um, so nice. maybe expect good things because of the way they play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, but yeah, to sum it up, Spain are a good team. They're going to win. They're going to go far. Um, Pedri and Gavi were my main people to look at. Gavi just won, uh, what was it? What's Golden the Golden Boy? Boy? Golden yeah. Boy. Every Golden year Boy. they choose, um, the, the best, uh, youth player in the world. Gavi got chosen. He's only 17 or 18 and he's playing for yeah. the Spanish national team at the World Cup. That is oh, absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I still think that they're missing a true, consistent out and out striker. But I do think they're going to do uh, pretty well. Germany, I'm going to talk about them really quick. Um, I'm biased. I hate the German national team. They beat Portugal every single time, and I hate it. But they are a good team. Uh, at the end of the day, they're going through a transition period. Um, they lost a lot of their golden era boys that from between 2006 to 2014 were like running the show. 2018, we saw them struggling a little bit. Um, excuse me. So they do have youngster Musiala in the, in the squad though. Um, they do have a couple of young bucks, but they don't have, they have players that are playing at top league, Sané, Nabry, Musiala, all that Bayern. But I feel like something's missing from them and I don't know what it is. They going in with a bit of inconsistency, uh, as of lately. Uh, I feel like the manager also doesn't know who to choose for the national team sometimes. He chose, he's been choosing a lot of random people mm-hmm. here and there. He's been testing it on the Nations League. Nations League, I know they take it serious, but they also take it as a chance to give young people, young players um, minutes and test out different systems, etc. Um, but yeah, and then we have Japan. Danny, you want to talk about Japan really quick? Uh, sure. I, I'm, Japan's always a fun team. Uh, everybody wants Japan to do well. Um, and they're having a, they're having a little era of, of youngsters coming out, a lot of which are in the Bundesliga. Or, um, but yeah, I, I don't. I want them to do well. Uh, it's a scary group with Germany and Spain, so I'm not sure they'll get out. Um, but I, I I think everybody wants Japan to do well. Uh, Kamada probably being their key player. Um, but yeah, they're going to bring a lot of fun and. I, I think yeah, it, it'll it'll be an entertaining team to watch if that's what you're you, you want to see. If you want to see entertainment, you watch a Japan game for sure. 
Yeah, they have Kamada, Minamino, Kubo. They have a bunch of players that play in Europe, which they usually typically do. Um, and they have Tomiyasu, who plays for Arsenal, Alms team, who's been pretty pretty decent. I, I don't know if he's... I think Ben White's been starting, right? Uh, right back. Um, uh, yeah, but Tomiyasu has been playing left back instead. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Really, really good. There you go. Um, and then... I'm going to talk about Costa Rica really quick because I want to talk about these last two groups, which are pretty interesting groups. Mm. Or No, sorry, we have last three, but one of them uh, we're going to go in a little more detail about. Then we have Costa Rica. They, they have a decent string of results. They beat New Zealand to get here, but New Zealand isn't really... You know, they have some players that play at top level, but they're kind of like whatever. I believe they beat them 1-0. Um, not to disrespect anyone from New Zealand, but the nat- you just know your national team is not all that. <laughs> if we're being quite honest. Um... They are always a surprise at the World Cup. They do have uh, a lot of their old guys. Joel Campbell, that who used to play for Arsenal. Borges, who was there. Uh, Danny is Castellanos from Costa Rica? or am I Brian, Brian, Brian Ruiz is the, is Brian the big Ruiz. Uh, Kaylor Navas is still there. Kaylor uh, Navas. Waston is still there, uh, who played for Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, he was Not always a solid, the center back solid center back. Solid center back. One name I do want to mention, though, is Jewison Bennett. He's playing at Sunderland right now, and he's 18 years old. He got a call up for Costa Rica. Um, very weird to see a Costa Rican playing in the second division of England. Um, so if he gets game time, I want to see him, you know, make a name for himself and get eyes on him because he's 18 years old. Um, and yeah, so if there's any chance for him to get some some spotlight on him individually, this is his time, but I don't think as Costa Rica as a, as a team is going to perform well. Um, yeah, uh, I think my uh, I think Spain finishes top. I feel like Germany finishes second. Agreed. Anyone? Okay, Danny, yeah. how about you? Agreed. What I want is Spain and Japan. What I what I think <laughs> is Spain Germany. And all I I agree, but. Costa Rica always do really well at the World Cup. They they've got an upset in them. Uh, it like consistently throughout the previous ones. And Japan also are one of these teams that they have really good work rate, and sometimes they right. can outwork their opposition. Japan. Um, so, oh. uh, do you know what? It's really just very, very quickly. Uh, every single World Cup that we've uh, been in previously, right? When Japan play, Stephen and I and Danny, we are constantly keeping an eye on them because they've always had a Japanese player play for Leicester. So we've always had a little bit of an interest. Um, so yeah, and yeah. Brian Oviedo for um, Costa Rica plays for Real Salt Lake as well. So another MLS player for you guys if you want to keep right. an eye on. Um, yeah. So now we're getting to some bigger groups. Here, um, we're also going to try to just uh, roll through it, though. Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Um, One of Aiden, my you want to talk about Croatia at all? Croatia? Um, I'll talk about Croatia if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Um, key player, Modric, of course. It might be his last tournament. Uh, most likely going to be his last tournament. Uh, one key player that they've always had and a consistent reliance in all the other um, international tournaments is Mandzukic, but he's not there anymore. So what they need to do is fill his role. I was looking at their recent performances, and it's been on and off. They've all been really sco- low-scoring games, um, and a lot of the goals have been from midfielders or just like people substituted. Um, there's no consistent goal scorer, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, but they don't have anybody to fill that Manzukic role. Or they, they they do, 
uh, but they have to make sure that they, they get that right. out of them. I'm just going to add to that at the moment. There's a first striker called Kramerich who used to play for Leicester, didn't work out for him, but now plays for Hoffenheim. He is putting up the same numbers Lewandowski normally would in the Bundesliga this season. Wow. Uh, he he has been amazing. I'm pretty sure uh, in roughly about the same amount of time that they've both been playing in the Bundesliga, uh, Kramerich is the third top goal scorer, like Lewandowski being number one. So right. good player to watch out for. Um, we got Belgium. Ooh, still have... I know Aiden loves De Bruyne. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's his guy. Um, De Bruyne is probably, it personally, to me, probably top three best footballers at the moment. Like, there's just, he's insane. The passes that he can pick are absolutely disgusting. Like, he, and, and it's consistent. It's not a one-off. Uh, they have, I don't know, is Lukaku fit? I forgot to check that out. Does anyone know if Lukaku fit? He has fit? an injury mark on him on FootMob. I think yeah, he's okay. got to he's, go, though. He's got a knock for the first game, but he'll basically be fit for the second and third. Okay. Like, okay. So he should be fit for the knockout. And they have a good bunch all over the pitch. Attacking, midfield, defense. Back. Yeah, they're, um, they, have a, they have a good bunch. International so. Leicester City will, I think, do well. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we, we have three of the players that start playing for my team. So, um, uh, Watt Fares, who has been outstanding, by the way. Um, but I think he'll be on the bench, Watt Fares, because they've got some old centre-backs that they like to use. But... Yeah. Okay, uh, Siri has found something as well. But yeah, no, uh, really good team. Really good uh, team. I'm so excited. Canada. Canada. First World Canada. Cup. Yeah, I know. I'll let you talk about them a little bit. Yeah. First World Cup uh, since 1986. They have a bit of a golden generation, though. Just like US, just like USA, they have a lot of players starting to move from the MLS or from Canada, going to Europe. Um, Alfonso Davies, obviously, being the standout player. Uh, we have Buchanan and Laren out at um, Club Bruges. Buchanan being the younger of the two. Uh, Estaku, which is a Portuguese-Canadian, um, but he chose to represent Canada because he probably wasn't going to get into the Portuguese uh, national team mold. Um, and then Jonathan David, let, who let's not forget, literally won League 1 with Lille a couple weeks, a couple weeks, a couple years back um, over PSG, which PSG has been dominating, uh, dominating that. And then really quick, Dan, I'm going to let you talk about Canada. I'm just going to talk about Morocco really quick. Then you got Morocco, good team overall, new coach as well, similar to Poland, who's still trying to find a system for them. Um, and they have players like Buffal. Hakimi, they have a really good keeper recently, uh, who uh, Bano, Banu, sorry if I butchered that name, who's uh, really solid. Um, but overall, just still lacking, I feel like, that edge to them, personally. Um, Danny, go into detail about Canada a little bit and then our predictions. Uh, yeah, um, not not so much that they've contributed too much, but Buchanan and and Laren are part of a Club Bruce team that are going to the next round in in the Champions League. Right. Um, so they're part of a, a a great run right now in club level as well. Um, yeah, Jonathan David consistently being being voted for being Player of the Month each time in 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 League One. Yusaku um, is going to control the midfield. Hutchinson is still there. Um, and there's a lot of Montreal players, so they do have a lot of players in the MLS going there and, and starting and making a name for themselves. 
Um, one big name that I really want to bring up is Ismael Kone, who plays for Montreal right now. I, he's an attacking midfielder, um, and I don't think he's going to stay in the MLS for much longer. I think he's going to be a. This is going to be his 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 um his 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 tournament where he'll he'll shine and and uh, make a move because uh, he's been insane in the MLS and um internationally. I think he's going to do great. Uh, Canada's a fun team. Really quick, just so the viewers know, we're getting through this just because there's a lot of teams. Once the group stage is done and we have the knockout rounds, we'll be able to go a lot more in depth and take a little more time on some of these teams as well. Just so you know, but we do have to just give a brief overview on all of them. Um, honestly, I know Canada have a lot of momentum at the moment, but I, I don't see them edging over Croatia, Belgium to get out of this group. I don't know if anyone disagrees with that. Yeah, I think Morocco have a shout, but um, yeah. Yeah, Mor- Morocco, again, any team that's at this World Cup, they're there for a reason. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, 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 when I say that teams lack a certain pedigree, I don't even mean to disrespect them in any sort of way. But when you compare Moroccan, Morocco's team to Croatia or Belgium's team, there's just a, such a large gap in quality, I feel like. You, I don't think you can compare to Belgium. I think you can compare to Croatia. I, really? I genuinely think you can. Yeah. Uh, Roman size, really, really good player. Uh, Bufal again, Premier League players. You've got Hakimi, you've got Ziyech. Um, Ziyech, you've got players I about him. Who, who literally can just pull a team along. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, th- and they've got players around them that support the way they play. So, right. yeah. All right. Final two groups. Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Um, Brazil, they're at, they are an insane team right now. All over the pitch. Vinicius Jr., Neymar, Paqueta, they still have Thiago Silva in there. They have the Marquinhos. Like, their team is absolutely insane. And I feel like Brazil's morale is insanely high going into this tournament. Oh, you see the dances? High. I like, know you see the dances. Is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Their chemistry is ridiculous. Um, I believe, if I am not wrong, that they finished top of their qualification group. It was either them or Argentina. I might be wrong. Um, but they, they're just going in with good form. Injuries haven't really hit them. They have a lot of their top players. Neymar being one of the, you know, one of the staple boys within the last couple of years. So same form right now. If he's yeah. back to his old ways, like prime boss of Neymar's look, that's what he's looking like right now. Um, um dirty. Yeah, it is, yeah. It the, t- the team's just dirty. It's so good. Yeah. It's a cheat code. Yeah. It's there's there's no single weak player in that team. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of scary. I'm not gonna lie. This is the yeah. this is probably the most this is the I can, most balanced Brazilian team we've seen in a very long time. Yeah, yeah put, it, put it this way, right? <laughs> Out of every single team we've pretty much mentioned so far, there hasn't been a player who's not been called up that you kind of go, maybe he should have been. Right, apart right. from England and, and a couple of centre backs, but Brazil have countless players who you're looking at going, "Oh, he could have been called up in mm-hmm. every right. position." So right. yeah, really good team. Um, oh, I'm talking about Switzerland. I know they got your boy Granit Xhaka over there. What a player he's been this season! Yeah, like, he's been insane. Honestly, he was like on his way out, uh, like. Absolutely insane. Uh, Switzerland are one of these teams that they have um, a good squad. They're a team that play well together. Not necessarily full of stars like Brazil, 
but that works in their favor. They haven't got these showboaters. Um, I don't think Shakiri's there at this World Cup um, from the top of my head. He was the only one who was a real sort of a showboater. I think so. I, I think, think he might be. I don't. I know he had an injury recently. Somebody else. But at the same time, no, yeah, no, I'm checking. Got, I'm checking. Keep talking. Yeah, I, I, they've I, got. I, a, they've got a really strong squad. They've got really good defenders. Um, not necessarily in the top five leagues again, but very close to being in the top five leagues. Um, they have players who sort of play for these clubs just before the move to the top five league. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they've they've got a really good squad. Just, just Shakiri is going, by the way. He is Shaqiri's going. Yeah, fun. Um, to be honest, from that guy. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I was I was just curious, and I'm looking at their defenders right now, Alm, and I thought you were right, but like, if, I'm just gonna say some names really quick: Akanji, um, yep. Elvedi, who plays for yep. uh, Gladbach, Fabian Schar, Newcastle are freaking top four right now, which yep. is insane. Um, Ricardo Rodriguez is falling off a little bit. He's getting old, so I don't think he's in top five leagues right now. And Milson Fernandez, but it's good to have that experience. But then you got Sylvan Widmer, who I'm pretty sure is in the top. I think he's in the Bundesliga, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Um, but again, their standout is a kanji. No one's really playing for like a top, oh. top team. And they've got Briel and Bolo, who is like the M and FIFA God. God from back in the day. So if you ever play FIFA, you ever play FIFA, you'll know about Briel and Bolo. Um, no, really, 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 really good squad. Like solid everywhere. Not stars, but just solid. Um, then really quick, uh, so like that we could talk about this final group, which I really want to spend a little more time on. Uh, <laughs> Cameroon, don't sleep on them. Uh, yeah, and, and Gisa plays for Napoli. Again, Napoli are top of Serie A, uh, and he's been in crazy form for them. Tupo Moting is probably the most informed striker in Europe right now, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, with the last five games for Bayern Munich. I don't know I don't know how his agent even got him to Bayern Munich, but whatever. Um, it doesn't make sense because he was flopping for Middlesbrough. Everyone? He played yeah. for Stoke oh, and went... Stoke. 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 This, and, this and, guy and, was so bad, it. he was defending his goal and he's a striker. Sorry. Yeah. That, yeah, no, he, right he got relegated with Stoke, gets a move to PSG. It <laughs> yeah. Do, doesn't make sense. Whatever. <laughs> um, they got Toko Ikambi. They have good attacking players uh, th- with a good defensive uh, experience. And Kulu, if you guys remember, used to play for uh, Marseille, Lyon. I don't know if you guys remember that. He's a center back. He's playing for them still. He'll bring that experience. He's still playing in Serie A. So they're always a good team. Cameroon are always a good team. Uh, then you got Serbia with a good attacking core. I think that they will get past Switzerland, believe it or not. That's just a hunch. They got Vlahovic, Tadic, a lot of itches, Kostic, Mitrovic. These are good players. Jovic. Jovic. I forgot about Luka Jovic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, these are insane players uh, attacking-wise. Then in the midfield, they have Milinkovic, Savic. Marco Grujic plays for uh, Porto. Maskimovic has always played in Europe. Um, oh, wow. Zivkovic from Benfica. Or ex-Benfica player got the call up. They have players. And they have and all their keepers, I'm looking at it besides their third one, play in La Liga. It's a good team overall. Um, I have Brazil and Serbia going through. Wait, one, one fun fact before... You move on from Serbia. They have one player in their squad that does not end in itch. Okay. <laughs> Who is that? 
Go on. Um, Who's the player? Uh, Nemanja Good- Goodledge. Goodledge used to play for Sporting, oh, I believe. Yes, he did. Yeah, everybody yeah. has an itch. He's in La Liga now, I believe. Midfielder. Yeah, yeah. They have a good squad. So I have Brazil-Serbia going through. I think I think Serbia's attack mm-hmm. with uh, Kostic, Tadic, and Vlahovic, I think edges Switzerland. I also put Serbia in. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm last three groups are... Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going Switzerland and Brazil. Yeah. Brazil. These last three groups are the most entertaining for me, for sure. Uh, this one, it's tough. Uh, my heart wants to say Brazil and Switzerland, though. I think Mbolo is going to go crazy. There. If he stays and, fit. And if Shakiri can perform... If you look at any <laughs> any international <laughs> cup, this guy scoring bicycle kicks, free kicks... Just great. He's he's always he's always doing something. So I, yeah, I want to go for Brazil, Switzerland. Yeah, okay. I think Granite Granite Jack has got a shot on him. So uh, he's right. got a really good left foot. Um, yeah. And expect to see that he will score at least one outside of the box goal. It's funny because believe it or not, while I was making my layout, I actually have Switzerland finishing bottom of the group. Oh shit. I actually think I don't know. I think uh, let me let me check really quick. We have a little bit of extra time. Uh, I believe it was their current form that scared me. Uh, lost two 0 to Ghana. Uh, you know what? They beat Portugal. They beat Spain. They beat Czech Republic. I'm a liar. Ghana. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on to Ghana in a second. But uh, if we want to start off with this way, Ghana on my on my. Oh, they are so good. They are yeah. so good. Let's move on to the next group. Let's move on to the next group, and then uh, if we have some extra time, we'll talk about some other miscellaneous things we might have missed. Um, so, Group H: Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. Uh, for all you guys that don't know, and I and I mentioned it, it it is Group of Death for sure. Um, Portugal, one of the best teams in Europe. Uruguay, one of the best teams in South America. Ghana, one of the best teams in Africa. And South Korea, one of the best teams in, in Asia. It is literally the group of death. Um, for all you guys that don't know, me, Danny, and Alm will be going for Portugal. We, we support Portugal. I mean, he's from England, but he's a, Port- he's a Portugal supporter um, as well. Um, I'm going to leave Portugal for last because I feel like since there's three of us here that have a lot to say about them, we're going we're gonna to leave that last. Um, let's talk about Uruguay. I think Uruguay finished top of this group over Portugal. Same. As much as I don't want to say it. Same, same, same. Um, Valverde is going nuts for Real Madrid. Darwin Nunez, uh, even though we def, he's been showing a little bit more recently that he's adapting a tiny bit to the Prem and getting some goals in. Even though I still think the Carroll role. Yeah. Even though I definitely think Benfica finessed the heck out of Liverpool for that much money. Um, and then they just have a good squad overall. They have Jimenez in, in the defense. Bentecor is in form for Spurs like no other. Um, they just have a good team, man. And it's a mix of young, experienced players who are all at like the peak of their powers, I feel like. Um, who might be playing. He, like He's injured, but like they've, they've been... They called him up? He, he's at the, like, he's he's in training. the squad. Yeah, but I feel like there's a chance they might play him regardless. Araujo starts. That's another. Araujo and Jimenez side-by-side is an insane defensive unit. And let's not forget, Uruguay beat Portugal. The last World Cup, I believe it was. Or the World Cup before that. Whatever it was. Given with Um, Suarez and Cavani. 
Suarez and Cavani, oh, yes, they don't have that crazy finisher that they used to have, but I feel like they have a lot more of a solid team overall than back then. Mm-hmm. Suarez and Cavani are both there, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, they are. They are. Oh, they are. Along with Darwin yeah. Nunes, yeah, they are. It's, well, uh, it's one song. They, but they're not at their peak of their powers Obviously. as what they were back then. You wait, know what I mean? Wait, Cavani. Suarez is, is a baller. Yeah, you can't yeah. rule out Suarez. Like he, he's going to no get sent to house. He was like that man can find the back of the net. That's one thing yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. He's he's yeah, and he will terrorize a, a defense regardless. Um, I can't wait um, to talk about Portugal. Though. Yeah, yeah. Now we're gonna go off. <laughs> uh, um, you wanted to talk about Ghana really quick. Yeah, man. Um, what a squad! Like. If you look at the actual individual players within their team, they've got some really, really good ones. Uh, also, uh, the last time this happened was the Xhaka brothers. Um, I believe it's the Xhaka brothers. Um, but Inaki Williams, uh, who will play for um, Ghana after never getting called up to the Spain squad, and the Spanish squad, who have Nico Williams. Two brothers, um, very different age groups, I'll say that. But uh, it's the first time in the World Cup for quite a while that this is going to happen. But... Inaki Williams, very, very good player. Andre Ayu, who is um, sort of a Premier League player, but they've got Partey, who is one of the main players in the Arsenal midfield. They've got Salisu, who, oh my God, I don't know where this guy came from, but he's been fantastic for Southampton in the Premier League. Uh, they've got Barbara Rahman, who used to play for Chelsea. Um, overall, they've just... Oh, and they've got Tarek Lamptey. They've done I was, I was just about to say yeah. that. Tariq Lamptey they, got called they, up. He didn't choose yeah. England. Wow. They did something very similar. No, so they did something very similar to what Qatar did and get, try and get players who necessarily aren't from Ghana but have heritage from Ghana, right? Um, so they've they've done that and got some really, really good players because of it. So uh, Tarek Lamptey, yeah, they managed to get him up. Um, yeah, and they've got uh, Semenyo. Oh, my, I could go on for ages. And they've got... Um, Amati as well, who plays for Leicester, who's okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Like, just... Tom, oh, Thomas uh, Party. Yes, but what I will say is uh, watch out for Dennis Adoy. Um, okay. He he's, plays for Fulham. Um, doesn't look the most amazing. Yeah, may play for Club Bruges now, yeah. But um, what if you watch him for Ghana, he's a different player. He's very, very good for Ghana. Um, not to be confused with Callum Hudson-Odoi. They're not related. <laughs> and they also, yeah, and I'm looking at, they got Mohamed Kudus, who's a young guy from Ajax. Yeah. Who's, oh, yeah. uh, but they've got um, oh, yeah, Soa. Yeah, yeah. They've got Camel Soa. Soa? Watch this I guy. was going to say. Watch yeah. this guy. Leicester, he's from Leicester, right? for 5 million. He used to. We sold him for 5 million, and he is fantastic in the um, Belgium League. He's really, really good. So, again, another forward to watch out for. Uh, could be making a big move, I think, after the World Cup. Um, you see this happen quite a lot where you'll get this one player who will play very well and make a move. And I think that could be Soa. Um, and then we got South Korea, who undoubtedly best player out of South Korea, probably best player out of Asia or one of the best players out of Asia. Young Min Sun. He is confirmed to be fit. Yep. And I'm pretty sure he will be playing game one. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, South Korea are a good team. They do have a lot of play, players that Probably playing the Prem, uh, not Prem, uh, Bundesliga is like their go-to place. Uh, I think because Bundesliga has doesn't have that strict or doesn't have any work permit issues going over there, so that's like a big thing. Um, if Youngman's son goes in with the form that he's had for Spurs, South Korea are bottom of the group. 
That's my <laughs> that's my take. If he shows up for South Korea, they'll perform. Uh, Paulo Bento is again another former Portugal Portuguese national team coach. Um, is their coach? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they have they they have a they have a solid core squad. A lot of them, which I was surprised to see. Um, because I thought there was going to be a, a, a bit more of uh, players from Europe, but they, he chose a lot of players that play in the K League out in Korea, um, which genuinely could benefit them. When you when you see players coming from the same league a lot, especially from these nations like this, I feel like they always perform, and I feel like South Korea is one of those teams. Um, yeah, anyone have anything a little extra to say about them before we go on to the the, the main team for us? Uh, shout out to a little football manager legend, uh, Lee Kang-in. Um, mm. Really, really good player. However, you might not see him play too much. Um, he's someone that likes to express himself in South Korea are playing a very rigid style of football at the moment uh, because of the coach. So maybe not see him play or maybe see him come off the bench a little bit. But um, shout out to him for being a football manager legend. All right. Now, oh, Portugal. Portugal. We have a decent amount of time. Um, yeah, Aiden. Uh, uh, I'm going to start it off really quick. <laughs> Me and Om actually had a conversation like two weeks ago about this. Yeah, two or three yeah. weeks ago, we were talking yeah, about we it. We had to cut it short because we were like, no, let's see yeah. this. We need to see yeah. this. Um, <sighs> for Portugal, they have a brilliant squad, first and foremost. Um, again, I really like the group of players that are being brought in as like this new generation from Portugal. Um, hot take: I don't like Ronaldo playing for Portugal. Recently, at least, um, I feel like the team now, the te- the way that these this new generation plays, doesn't play to the strengths of Ronaldo. Current Ronaldo. Um, he's been a bit out of form. We know all the current controversy. With him recently, with Man United, the interview that he's done. Stephen, Stephen, yes. question for you then, right? Okay. So you've done the hosting. It's time for a switch. So how okay. do you personally feel about Ronaldo and that interview currently? How do you think it's going to affect oh, the team? You're going to you're going to make me you're going to make me spin a little controversy here. So, uh, I think it was wrong that he did it now. Um. I do think it was a bit wrong for him to be calling out the coaches like that mid-season, whether it's for him to try and force a move or whatever the case is. But if you watch the interview, he really does... I mean, don't get me wrong, he is being a bit of a crybaby. And again, I started watching soccer, football, because of Ronaldo. 2006 World Cup, I woke up one day, my whole family was watching the penalty shootout against England. He scored the winning goal. From that point on, it was clipped. I, it was just soccer from that point on for me. Um, uh, he does mention, though, that like a lot of stuff that he's calling out is the club. Man United are being run terribly compared to clubs around them. Their infrastructure compared to clubs around them, even though it's still a good infrastructure, they haven't changed anything from what he's saying. Years, but yeah. the thing is, he's not the only one saying it. Roy Keane has been saying it. One of the pundits, Man United legend. Uh, one of the Neville brothers, whichever one it is, has been saying it. And he's actually been calling for someone to call the Glazers out. Glazers are the owners of Man United. So, Ronaldo, he's saying what a lot of people have been saying behind the scenes. 
and I've been wanting someone of his stature to speak about, but I do think he should have spoken about that only instead of just the manager and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer talking about all these different things, Ragnick when he came in. I feel like this should have been done at the end of the season or when he left Man United, not right now. Maybe he's doing it to push a move. I'm very 50-50. I understand why he's doing it, but I, there's certain things that uh, what he said and when he said it that I disagree with. And I do think he's being a big baby, that he's not getting playtime. So, uh, Danny, what do you think? I don't know. Um, I feel like there's always a lot more going on behind closed doors than than we know. So when it comes to situations like this, I, I try not to sh- form a strong opinion because I don't know. But um, I think some of the stuff that he brought up needed to be brought up, and I'm glad that he did. Uh, I think the timing was wrong as well. Um, it's tough because I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, and if I was somebody who was considered the best player in the world, one of the best players in the world, um, to be sitting on the bench, I'd feel a type of way as well. Um, knowing what I can offer, whether or not he is supplying that right now knowing what he can offer um of course he's going to feel some type of way um so whether or not it was the right way to go about it or not i'm not sure um but i I, score for them last year i can i can understand i'm gonna quickly chime in because it's probably the only thing about the portugal segments i'll be able to yeah exactly this is something that everyone can talk about but but i personally think he is being a crybaby i think Bro, you're 30, what, is he 36, 37? Yes. Communi- like communicate, bro. Like, it, you're a grown-ass man. You, <laughs> if you're sitting on the bench and you don't like it, talk to the coach, like, you know? And I, the way, the, I watched that entire interview, and I feel like the way he talked about it made it seem like if there was no kind of conversation had between him and Ten Hag, because he was like, oh, he doesn't think Ten Hag respects him, and he doesn't think, like, all these things. Bro, just talk to him. <laughs> like, just, just go talk to him. Just, like, figure out something. Find a compromise. Find out like why you you you're not being played. He just he just made it seem like if he's just sat on the bench and like he's not like you know being used and I don't know. To me, I understand he was one of the best players in the world at a point in time. He can still score goals, but you're also a professional like you've been in the game for so long like you know how these things go you're just not at the top anymore so you're not gonna be the one two okay yeah yeah what do you think my my hot take he is a genius he is a marketing god right Mm. so much pressure going into a world cup what has this man done right he's got all that pressure on him he has got all the newspapers talking about him everything is on him and actually not even about portugal it's just purely about ronaldo right he couldn't do it after the world cup wouldn't be enough time for him to for clubs to start moving for him he's done it before which probably okay maybe not a good time for the world cup but then the world cup isn't a good time for the world cup if you know what i'm saying so um no i think i think he's really clever um i think ten Hag actually said before even going to united that he actually didn't want ronaldo there so I think that's where that lack of communication originally comes from. But looking at him, I see where he's coming from. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, right? He went to the club. It, uh, as he left, he said Manchester United, they're a really big club with a really small club mentality. Jose Mourinho, his best achievement was finishing second with United. And he was saying that because of behind the scenes. Ralph Ragnick 
was signed on to be behind the scenes and then left because he saw what it was like and then didn't want to go behind the scenes. So something's clearly wrong with United itself. Um, and I think this is a really good way. You've got the most influential player on this planet, right? Calling out your club. Something needs to happen regardless of whether you like him or not. I, I think he's I think he's saying the right thing for United. You can tell it's a the issue is close to his heart and that's why he's done it. If he was at Madrid or let's say Inter Milan or or AC Milan, he never would have done this, right? But United's close to his heart, and I think that's why he's done it because he's seen there's been no change in twenty years. All right, let's uh, let's talk Move about on. their World Cup stuff really quick because we have like five to ten minutes left. Um, again, this is this episode is going is super long just because we had so many teams right now. Future episodes, it probably will, will it'll still be the normal runtime of uh, bottom of the net. But there was just so much to get through today that uh, it, uh, it definitely we used the max of our time. So uh, I do like Portugal's team. Uh, what's it called? If we look at the forwards, there's João Felix, Rafael Leal, which he's my guy to watch this tournament. I really hope he's starting. I really want him to start. I really want him to do good. Gonçalo Ramos for Benfica is going insane for Benfica, even though I still don't think he's truthfully an out-and-out striker. He's starting to prove me wrong. Um, and he's going insane in Champions League. Benfica finished top of the group over PSG. <laughs> Let me just put that in there. Um, and then you still got Andre Silva. Ricardo Horta got called up. Midfield, João Polinho was playing insane for Fulham. I don't know how they got him. Ruben Neves, who even though the Wolves aren't doing the best, we know what he brings. Bernardo Silva plays for Man City. Bruno Fernandes, Man United. João Mario is Benfica's probably best informed player at the moment. Um, Vitinha, who looks really good. Um, then you got the defenders, João Cancelo, Ruben Dias, Antonio Silva. Everyone's looking at Antonio Silva from Benfica, that central defender. He started every hey. single game for Benfica. Pepe is still there. <laughs> um, then you got Nuno Mench and Rafael Guerreiro. Portugal's team is stacked. Ooh. I don't like the manager. Ooh, I, yeah, the, no, I agree. I just want to quickly say, watch out for Portugal's left back. He is quite possibly the best left back in the world. He plays for PSG. He is awesome. Uh, I've actually mentioned a few left backs today, but this is the best one out of them all. Um, so keep an eye on him. He's really, really, really good. He's, um, he's a fun player to watch. As long as we play um, how Portugal should play, if we don't play for Ronaldo, we play for the national team. We saw in the Euros, as soon as Ronaldo came off, we played 10 times better. Yeah, we saw um, a yeah, big miss is uh, yeah. A big miss is Renat Sanch in the midfield. He was our workhorse. Work rate was insane. Uh, I know he hasn't played much for PSG because injuries kind of plague his career. But for a national team, he's always insane. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got. And again, guys, we unfortunately we don't have that much time. So, uh, Danny, what do you have to say? Uh, yeah, I think Renato Sanchez is is a huge miss. Um, I think a lot of people are torn whether Ronaldo is important, should play, shouldn't play. Um, I think because it is his final World Cup, he will show up. Um, and I think he should be on the field. Um, and I want Joao Mario to fill that role of Renato Sanchez. Um, I want him to play that that type of role. I want Joao Mario to start. Um, I think he's going to be a key player if he does play. Um, and yeah, Portugal's team is stacked. Um, I think we're going to pocket 
all three of the people, all three <laughs> of the teams in our in, in in our group. I think we're gonna pocket them easily. I don't yeah. know. Um, I can't see them. Sco- I can't see them. I can't see any of the three scoring against us like that. I don't know. I think I think we'll do well. Can I just say right. really quick before I go to Alm? Really quick, Alm. It depends on the manager. It depends who his starting eleven is. If he still choosing Rafael Guerreiro, 11, that's right. If he still chooses Rafael Guerreiro at fucking left back instead of Nuno Menj, I'm gonna blow my brains out. That's one. Okay. And again, he's just William Carvalho at Real Betis. He's good at Real, but uh, uh, bro, you're gonna. I'm gonna like. Yeah, Polina needs no, to play. No, this is the thing, right? Stephen mentioned about ten good players, and none of them will play because that's Portugal's manager. It's actually very similar to England. Um, I don't think Portugal's problem will necessarily be conceding; it will be them scoring goals. That's going to be the biggest issue, and uh, they have a fantastic team, so they should be able to. And Which is why I want Rafael. We won four 0 against Nigeria. Nigeria do have a decent team. Uh, but guess who wasn't playing? Ronaldo. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's um, so, really quick, final prediction. Um, we're not going to be able to get to the uh, the accolades. I feel like we'll move that into the next uh, session because while the group stage is going, it's kind of awkward to be talking about certain things. So we'll just talk about key moments that are happening in the group stage at that moment in time, plus who we think our dark horse and stuff is. I think we'll just save that for next time uh because we did use up a lot of time uh i have uruguay finishing top believe it or not even though i don't want to i have i want to believe in portugal but i have uruguay top and portugal second going through uh danny what are you what are are your thoughts well i mean who do you have sorry portugal Mm -hmm. portugal the republic of korea Okay. <laughs> uh, Aiden, how about you? Uruguay top, Portugal second. Okay, and on um, finally. Uh, Portugal Ghana. Portugal Ghana. Interesting. Not they do Uruguay at all. <laughs> it's uh, listen. A lot of these groups, be bar like one or two, things could go. And the World Cup is so weird. They're all top level players. At the end of the day, they are called up for the biggest tournament, biggest event in the world, sporting event in the world. Um, so at the end of the day, there's going to be upsets. There's going to be some groups that we might've even gotten completely wrong. You know, mm-hmm. for all we know, Australia qualifies. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, so yeah, it's really one of it's, those things. It's like, actually so silly to like, try to predict world cups like accurately because like it's a knockout tournament. Each, at least. It's big. There's so many variables. Like it's, yep. you can get three draws and progress. Yeah, yeah, like I, right. I genuinely don't like predicting like tournaments like this because it's just it is too much. There's too much. I hate being wrong, so I don't like to predict. <laughs> but I, for the sake of the um the podcast, I will predict. Just just very um, quickly because the next one is going to be the knockouts. I wonder which side or A or B is going to be the best to qualify from. I think yeah. that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. We'll see. All right, Cam. That's that's pretty much it, bro. All right. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. Thank you. Know, get familiar with these faces. These guys did great. So for all your soccer information, you'll be going to these guys. Uh, see you next week. Peace. <laughs>